This message is the last one in the battle series. It's titled, The Principle of the Faith. The Principle of the Faith. In order to win the battle, you're going to have to have faith. You can't make it without faith. But I believe that we have a misconception about what faith is. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, of what faith really is and what it is not. Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true. Now, I really want you to watch this last part. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. Now, I want to read that statement again because it's very important to this sermon. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. All right, let me ask you some questions now. Was the message true? Okay. Did he understand the message? Did he understand the vision? But did the vision happen in his lifetime? No. Did he believe the vision? Did he have faith in the vision? Yes, absolutely. But did it happen in his lifetime? No, it did not. Now, I'm going to share with you two points about faith. If you're new here, you might not know we have sermon notes in the bulletin. I really encourage you to write things down as the Lord speaks to you and then go back over, review during the week these things. And I want you to memorize these two points. They're real simple, but I really want you to memorize them. It will change your life if you understand this about faith. And you will see, I've had so many comments after this message this weekend, people saying to me that totally set things straight. I I understand now why I've been so disappointed many times in my Christian walk because I didn't understand this. So I really want you to understand. Now let me say something else. This is not an all-inclusive message on faith. Okay? None of my messages are all the truth about a subject. I, I, I need to tell you that because many times people say to me after a sermon, you know, you should have said this also. I know that. I only, I only have 30 minutes. You understand? And so I have to pray and try to hear the Lord about what He wants me to say. Now, here's the reason I'm saying that. I'm not going to share everything in the Bible about faith with you right now, but I'm going to share something with you that I believe is the most important truth about faith that I could share. I want to say that again. I believe what I'm going to share with you in just a moment is the most important truth about faith that I could share with you. And it's just two points, right? Here's point number one. Number one, faith is not believing for something. Faith is not believing for something. Now, I know we pray for things, but there's a difference in praying for and believing in something or believing for something. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is what we call the hall of faith. And please, thanks for bringing your Bibles. If you didn't bring your Bible this week, don't feel bad, but bring it next week, all right? But bring your Bible. Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. It's all these great men and women of God who walk with God in faith. Now, look at Hebrews 11, verse 13. Hebrews 11:13. These all, and just so we'll make sure we caught that, how many of these? All died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, 
were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Okay, so they believed in the promises, they embraced the promises, but none of them, none of these listed, received the promises. Yet, they still died in faith. Alright, let's keep going, because we're talking about it's not believing for something. Look at verse uh, 32. Hebrews 11:32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel. Now watch this statement. And the prophets. So he might say something about some people in the Bible that he didn't just list their names. The reason I'm telling you that is I think he said something about Daniel that Jesus said was a prophet. And I think you'll be able to pick up what it was. Verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Did you catch that? Who do you think that's talking about? Daniel, right? And then look at the very next. Remember Daniel had three friends that we've talked about? My shack, your shack, and a bungalow. Alright, look at verse 34. Quench the violence of fire. That's the three men. Now watch this statement because I want you to remember it. Escape the edge of the sword. Escape the edge of the sword. This is important because we're going to tie it into something. Escape the edge of the sword through faith. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Now, we're going to keep reading, but we want to stop for a minute. All of these people, God accomplished great miracles through their faith. Would you agree with that? And one of the things that it listed was some of them, by faith, escaped the edge of the sword. All right? Now, let's keep reading on verse 35. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, That's not good. Were tempted. Now watch this phrase. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, how many of these? having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. All right, now, from the entire passage we just read, I want to ask you two questions. Did the people who escaped the sword have faith? Okay, now let me ask you again, because all of you didn't answer. Did the people who escaped the sword have faith? Okay, here's the main question, though. Did the people who were slain by the sword also have faith? Yes. Do you want to know why? Because faith is not believing for something. Do you realize how many believers are disappointed in God and disillusioned because they believed for something and it didn't happen? Listen to me. We should pray for. We should pray for things to happen, but we don't put our faith in that happening. We put our faith in God. You have to put your faith in Him, not in something. 
So many people pray, I prayed for, for this person to live, or I prayed for this, or I prayed for that. Yes, we should pray for. But faith is not believing for something. For instance, let me give you an illustration. What if your company is having layoffs, and so you're believing not to be laid off? I'm believing God not to get laid off. But what if you get laid off? Now, according to what you've been believing, it's as if God didn't answer. It's as if God wasn't faithful. Because you were having faith not to get laid off, but you got laid off. But what if you get a better job, with better pay, closer to home, better hours, better benefits, better people to work with, and through the process, you get closer to God and closer to your family, and you really grow in your faith. Was it a bad thing that you got laid off? <laughs> now, listen to this. I'm not even saying, by the way, that God made you get laid off. I'm not even saying that. I think we even go to that extreme then sometimes. I, I'm saying that we live in a world where people get laid off. It, it just happens. Let me give you a verse for it. It rains on the just and the unjust. Now let me bring that to my illustration. The just and the unjust get laid off. But the difference is, the just, God will work it for their good. So faith is not the absence of difficulties. It's the nearness of God through the difficulty. You understand? Let me say that again. And you ought to write that down. Faith is not the absence of difficulties. It is the nearness of God through the difficulty. We're going to go through difficulties. Listen, we wouldn't even have Hebrews 11, a hall of faith, if these people hadn't gone through difficulties. Read Hebrews 11. Every one of them went through a difficulty. But they went through the difficulty believing in God. So faith is not believing for something. That's point one. Faith is not believing for something. Here's point two. Faith is believing in someone. You catching it? Faith is not believing for something or even in something. Faith is believing in someone. Now, look at Hebrews 11 verse 1. This is kind of the best definition of faith. People answer this all the time. What is faith? And they give Hebrews 11 1. And it's a good answer. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've even asked people before, well, what is faith? And they, they quote it. You know, they got it. They say, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then, if you want to trip them up, say this. What does that mean? Um, well, it's the, uh, you know, your hope and... You know, substance and... It's the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence things not seen. Yeah, what does that mean though? Okay. So this week, while I'm praying over this message, I feel like God gave me revelation on this verse. I'm praying. And this verse, I'm thinking about this verse. God, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And I'm going to ask you a question to see if you begin going tracking down the way that I feel like the Lord showed me with this. What if this is not referring to something but someone. In other words, instead of something happening, which is the evidence of things not seen, what if someone is the evidence of the things we can't see? <laughs> what if someone is the substance that we put our hope in, rather than something? See, listen, if you put your hope 
in something happening, you will be disappointed. At some point, you'll be disappointed. If you put your hope in someone, you'll never be disappointed. If that someone is God. And so then, when anytime the Lord speaks to me a revelation, I always go to the Word to back it up. And by the way, if you get a revelation from God and the Word doesn't back it up, it is not a revelation, it's um, pizza. <laughs> but it's not a revelation. The Word has to back up whatever you think you hear. All right. So, I go to the verse. And I decide, I'm going to see what the word for substance is and how it's translated in the rest of the Bible. The same for evidence. The word substance is only in the New Testament five times. And let me just read you another verse where it's translated and see if you can figure out which word is the Greek word for substance. Because it's translated in a different English word, alright? And you won't be able to figure it out, by the way, okay? But just look and see if you see a word you think would be substance. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of His glory... And the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. There's no way to figure it out. Let me look at that. Which word would it be? Well, put put the verse back up there, and let me show you which word it is. Who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person. That's the same Greek word for substance. Person. Okay, now listen to me. This is referring to Jesus. Do you know what Hebrews 1 is actually saying? Jesus is the substance of God. You want to know what God's made of? Look at Jesus. Now, think about Hebrews 11.1 again. (laughs) Jesus is what we put our hope in. Now, the word evidence, only in the New Testament three times. Let me show you one of the verses. 2 Timothy 3.16. See if you can figure out which word it is. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Any idea? It's the word reproof. Matter of fact, when I used to read this Scripture, I really thought that it was a little redundant because it said reproof and correction. Well, they sound fairly similar to me, but reproof is actually the word evidence. So here's what it's saying. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for evidence, for correction, for instruction and teaching. Evidence. So what is the evidence? The Word of God. Who is the Word of God? Jesus. So here's what Hebrews 11 is actually saying. God is the substance of everything we hope for, and God is the evidence of the things we can't see. You catch it? See, it's not, it's not that something happening is the evidence of something I can't see. It's not that something happens and now I believe. It's I believe in God and God works it for my good. No matter what I go through, God's going to work it for my good. Think about this. When we say, I'm believing God for, by putting the for on there, aren't we limiting God? Matter of fact, let me fill in the rest of the sentence for you. This is really what we're saying. I'm believing God for what I think is best. In this situation, I'm believing God for what I want to happen. Or, if you want me to be a little harsh, (laughs) we could say it this way. I'm believing God for my will, not His to be done. That was not Jesus' prayer. You know, see, you can pray for things, 
You just don't put your faith in things. This is very important to understand. Jesus prayed, if it be thy will, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That is faith. You will never be disappointed if you put your faith in God and not in something happening. And, by the way, it says all these, all these died in faith, not having received the promises. Okay, let me ask you a trick question, so don't answer it. Don't answer it, because you'll mess it up. Some of you are going to feel compelled to say something anyway. Don't say it. Okay. Did they receive the promises? Don't answer. I, I just, some of you just, oh, I just want to answer. Did they receive the promises? Okay, what you would think is, no. It's not true. They did receive the promises, but not in their lifetime. It says they died in faith. Not having received the promises. But you go on and you find out that when Jesus died on the cross, He descended into that place of waiting, that place called paradise, and He took the keys and He led everyone in that place who had died in faith into the gates of heaven. Every one of them. So they still received, they did receive the promise. What was the promise, by the way, they were waiting on it? Hebrews told the promise of the Messiah. That's what they were all believing for. But they died not having received it. They didn't receive the promise of this lifetime. Do you know why many of us get disappointed in God? Because most of our prayers are focused on now and on the temporal and not on the eternal. God, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Instead of understanding that God has an eternal purpose. And God loves us and He's going to work everything for our good. Are you catching this truth about faith? Let me tell you something. This will help you. If you're believing for something, think about the, all the things that, that we believe for, which are good things, and we should pray for. But someone could be in a difficult marriage, pray that the marriage will not end in divorce, but it still ends in divorce. It, it rocks your faith. And people say, well, you know, I've had faith before. Now listen to this, listen carefully. But what I had faith for didn't happen. In other words, what they're saying is, is what I had faith in. You can't have faith in something happening. You have to have faith in God. That no matter what happens, God is going to work it for my good. And I trust God. All right, let me tell you one more thing. We base this out of the book of Daniel. Daniel had three friends. Again, their Hebrew names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Their Babylonian names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hebrew, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They went through something. They went through the fire. It's interesting, by the way, that uh, Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you go through the waters, I'll be with you. Not when I part them, but when you go through them. When you go through the fire, I'll be with you. You know, another way I could say this, faith is not, not going through a difficulty. Faith is going through the difficulty with God. That's faith. All right, so they made the greatest statement of faith that I know of in the Bible, in my opinion, this is the greatest statement of faith in the Bible. Here's what they said. Listen carefully to this. Our God will deliver us. But if He doesn't, we still won't bow. That's faith. And there are some hyper-faith teachers who would say, Well, that's not faith if you put a bud on it. Well, I think it's faith. Because what they were saying is, Our faith is not in something. Our faith is in someone. Now listen to the statement again, because I like it. They didn't say, our God can deliver us. They didn't say, our God might. They said, our God will deliver us. 
But if he doesn't, we still won't bow. Is that good? Think about that. God will deliver me from this. But if he doesn't, I'll still serve him. That's faith. Faith is not believing for something. Faith is believing in someone. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.